Usinflongo with the Apeli Maliyami, that song there here on Lifetime Live. And uh, we talk now to David Gao, internationally renowned comedian, actor, director and producer, uh, best known for setting stages ablaze with uh, his candid Tell It Like It Is style of comedy. Joining us in studio, call us on 0891-104-207. You can WhatsApp 061-4104. 107 SMS 40938 at 150. Tweet us uh, on uh, at SAFM Radio, also on Instagram and Facebook. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. I'm Asanda Beda. If you've just joined us, welcome. Welcome, David, to studio. Thank Quiet. you so much Thank for coming you. through. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we have to have that queer thing happening. It's Friday. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I can't. Just try it. Queer. It's, it's a where with, with an a H in the beginning. Where? And a lot of E's and an <laughs> R at the end. No, let me leave it to you. It's not my thing. And it being Friday, hey, that song, yeah, Peli Maliam should be like a, a, a like a, a caution, hey? And it's soon going Month to be... Month yeah, Peli Maliami. It's going to turn into Akana Mali <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> so that maybe should be the song we close oh, the show oh, with. By <laughs> Sunday, yeah. By Sunday, it's going to be Akana Mali. <laughs> and before they do that, they need to get tickets for Blacks please. Only, please. Which, which is on uh, 11th August, ne? It's 11th August. Uh, doors open at 8. At 6, show starts at 8 at the Ticket Pro Dome. It's the biggest Black Song Comedy show we've ever done in 14 years. Yeah. And the biggest anything I've done in my career of 20 years. Awesome. We'll get to that because we want to yeah. talk about you first. So this uh, feature is called the Disclaimer, our comedy <laughs> feature. You know why. <laughs> you know why. Do I need to explain Don't it? Worry, I, won't, I won't say anything. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can't you, say much now. Putin is in the country. All of us are being listened to, I'm sure, and recorded. And <laughs> so we all need to just behave and keep quiet and keep our business to ourselves. You know, let's not air all our dirty laundry out there because he'll come back and yeah. use it against us. Are you able to behave as a comedian? Is, um, that, is there such a thing? Those things are like an oxymoron, a comedian. Once you let a comedian in any space, radio or TV or a funeral for that matter, it's, you know, you've signed the disclaimer already. Yeah. That I'm agreeing to have this person here. So same as if I've booked a comedian, they could be the funniest people. But once they're on stage, I'm no longer in control of what they're going to do or which way they're going to take their performance. Yeah. So, yeah, so you are in my hands now. <laughs> you and your listeners are in yeah. my hands. <laughs> You're known as the king of comedy. Do you like that term? I didn't even know that. So <laughs> I've never had an opinion about it. I don't. I How don't, do you feel about I that? Don't, titles don't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making people laugh. I love finding new talent and helping when I can. Yeah. You know, that's really it. So then we started adding television or other mediums, but the idea is still to continue making people laugh. Yeah. So now with changing media and the internet and data price that we're still struggling with. So now we're trying to make our own content for YouTube, Mm. for Instagrams and, you know, Facebooks and all that. Yeah. Just finding more ways of making people laugh. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And make a living, you know. So we've been lucky. We've been blessed. It's been 20 years. It's been 20 Half years, and I life. was going to say, I mean, in that time yeah. uh, time frame, when you started out, did you think you were going to be making as life. much as you are no, now? No, my first gig 
comedy festival, I think I was getting 200 bucks a night for like three weeks, but it was the last time my mother gave me money. And this is October 1998. Mm. And then I had a quiet period, maybe a year and a half later, maybe she gave me a little bit more money. And then since then, so for like 18 years, I've been carrying most of my family yeah and and you know my immediate family my extended family and relatives and yeah mm. but it helps to have them there they have to carry me now because i need them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's you've, hard you've worked i mean this thing i'm trying to do is also very costly yeah quarter yeah. past two is our time here on lifetime yeah. live our disclaimer comedy feature uh, features david gao today you can call in 0891 whatsapp us on 0614104107 and sms 40938 so in the 20 years of uh, being in the space of comedy finding new talent it must be completely different now 20 years later than it was yeah. back then it's a little bit easier so remember us we had to move from Kronstadt to either Joburg or Cape Town. Mm. Now you go to Durban. I mean, there's comedians that I don't even know that are making a living in comedy in KZN. Mm. And then there's a whole lot of guys now that are doing stuff or making their own videos on Twitter, on Facebook, that some people would regard as funny. They might not traditionally not be doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. But they are funny, they are popular, and then they are starting to find their way either to me or onto stand-up comedy stages. So it has changed a little bit from it was me, Kahiso Ledija, Tsepo Mukhali, Ronim Dimola, and that was it. Mm. Or me and Kahiso when we started in Cape Town, still in varsity. And now I don't even know. You go to the Comics Choice Awards, there's like 50 entries for best new comic yeah you know before they go to the finalists of like four or five which is exciting mm. especially for me personally if we're living in a country i think lately they said there's 57 million uh of us in south africa so you have at least 40 million black people so the number of black comedians has to be reflected mm. uh purely based on the population you know so now the numbers are starting to make sense for me using used to being the only black comedian in a venue at festivals etc mm. etc et 18 20 years ago so who have you discovered lately that you think is really quite promising Ugh, i don't even think discovering but um a lot of guys are either in development or even if i mention uh tabisom Songo now or abutilolo mm. people might only see him a year later on Black Songly Comedy Show, you yeah. know, or he might be filling out venues in Secunda mm. and you and I have never heard of him, yeah. you know, but if I go to Secunda, he's definitely going to open, he's going to help me sell the Secunda show because he'll be the favorite and everybody there is following him. So there's those guys, you know, and then there's like a Skumba who came from Taxi Ride six years ago mm. and now he's selling out his own shows, you know, alongside Tapelo tips uh, shampoo and then there's like Mpo pops who's from so you think you're funny 10 years ago yeah and celeste and all these other guys that came from uh so you think you're funny mm. which has been now nine years you know yeah so there's always someone out there and um it just means more people can work and make people laugh mm. for a living and in whatever language that they choose to which is how black songly came about for me at least i mm. wanted to tell jokes in my own language and mm. for other comedians to joke in whatever language that they want to yeah have you ever yeah. placed someone on stage and regretted it 
not necessarily regretted it maybe feel a bit bad for them um <laughs> but Why? what happened you know because entertainment you are as good as your last show yeah and also if i put you on black songly you know there's people that only go and watch comedy when they go to black songly mm. so they may have never seen you funny anywhere else mm. and be like ah he just had a bad night for them they literally write off your comedy career or write you off as a comedian you mm. know because it's quite a big stage and, and quite a big deal so it's uh i'm now i'm even more careful who i put on the show in terms of their experience and and what have they done because some guys are funny or have a first beautiful funny five minutes or then you give them five minutes and then they stay on stage for eight minutes when they should have left after five yeah. with a nice standing ovation and wow there's a new kid you got to see him then they start fetching and looking and then it's downhill from there yeah sure so <laughs> it it's happened cool. with a couple of guys yeah, yeah. i can just imagine though yeah. like and obviously you audition people before they come i, on I would only. see them performing at other gigs so oh. i would pop into comedy clubs and recommendations here and there some i'd see and think wow he's amazing mm. but we're at a 30 seater club in maboneng or like a 50 seater club in maboneng yeah and uh, then you're like okay maybe he's not ready for a black song lee type show with like three four thousand people you know it's like guys now that are asking for an open spot at the august 11th show i'm like <laughs> it's a 12,000 13,000 people show i can't put you on there when i've never seen you before yeah. you know or when you've never even done like a because i could end your career if you didn't do well yeah you know also if they did very well at that show and it's their first kind of big show the head also swells and then that also becomes i think an even bigger problem yeah than if you didn't do well so you travel a lot in your comedy do you prefer doing comedy overseas or here it so this is definitely the best place to do comedy and that's also coming from international comedians that i've worked with that have come from uk from the us performing yeah. in south africa right i think also they have a lot more freedom on, on in terms of freedom of speech yeah. in south africa and then then you go to a place like new york you know comedy cellar which is quite a prestigious club where there's definitely a lot of tourists so once you are in a place like montreal or toronto or New York, you're not even just performing to Americans. You're actually performing to a whole lot more people mm. that are even from other parts of the world. So that's the nice thing about it, you yeah. know. So you kind of can't compare the audience. I mean, we go there, we have to talk about what they know. Yeah. But they can, American comics and British comics can come here and talk about anything. We would have seen it on our news or on BBC or we're so consuming unfair. it. It's, you know, which is unfortunately how um, we've kind of set ourselves up mm. uh in the world so people don't know much about south africa and they still don't you know they know the obvious one or two things the nelson mm. mandela's this that but i can't just arrive there and start talking about there's a heist every day. even that they wouldn't know yeah you know? but if there's like a tourism agenda and there was a bus of chinese tourists hijacked then the Chinese media would know, you yeah. know, or the international media might know. So it's you almost performing two different shows, you know. I can go to Finland and do like twenty minutes that South Africans will just be like, What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but 
there in Finland, it's fantastic. Yeah. So then you start then crafting and saying, do I now build this thing and come with that here? But nothing beats home and the language and, and that audience. Yeah. <laughs> That's Black Song audience is arguably the best audience I've ever performed to, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the females in the industry? The Ninas, yeah. the Celeste? The There's Tumis more now. And I mean, and they're blazing. You know, Tumi, as we speak, recorded her first Netflix special in uh, Montreal last night in mm. Canada. Uh, Lee Simang is also on the show. Celeste was on the last Black Song show. She's doing her own show as well. And Celeste was a finalist in So You Think You're Funny 10 years ago. Mm. You know, her and Pop Pops lost to the winner of season two. Mm. Um, at that time. So to see these people now selling out their own theaters and venues, is it's a beautiful story to tell. But there is a, like a slow pace and growth when it comes to female comedians. Mm. Uh, you can almost name at least the ones that are working, that are out there, you know, that are performing on all the stages. There might be some I don't know about, yeah. you know, that are performing there in the wheat banks and all sprays and the other smaller towns mm. doing fantastic on Facebook and Twitter, but I may just not have met them. Yeah. Because you know? I also stay home a lot more than I used to. So I don't go to comedy clubs as much as I can or as much as I used to. Yeah. Purely because I, you know, I need to drop my kids off at school. And you have a four month old. I've got a four month old, That's a nine year old, nine year old boy and a six year old girl and a four month old, a four month old boy. Yeah, that's like fatherhood on yeah. steroids. No, now it's full time. Because <laughs> you can imagine, so with the mom being pregnant and then the birth and then so the whole year, although she did it for the past eight years, mm. this whole year, Monday to Friday, whether I slept at 5 a.m. or I was driving from out at 6 a.m., they're going to wake me up. I'm taking them to school, get stuck in traffic, come back home, go to my film and production company or interview or travel mm. fetch them take them to karate <laughs> you know then people call and i'm like i'm not available until <laughs> after half past seven in the evening so but the we definitely need more funny uh, female comics or women comedians do you think you must you, you need a you've got a, a role there to sort of drive the ship yeah because you also don't want to um, make comedy like a a, a, a sexist thing of mm. now we're going to watch a female. Yeah. Know? Comedians are comedians. Um, it doesn't really matter what's their sexual orientation. But because you do see that there's few or there's a lack of mm. uh, female comedians, then it does have that thing of maybe one day I'll go out specifically looking for women or female comedians. Yeah. And and then you can start having all these fun things or, you know, women's month show with like 10 comedians. Someone t sent me a tweet um, and said, I must go and book whoever. And why do I only have two female comics out yeah. of a 14 comedian lineup? And, uh, you know, I'm sure Dumi is available, I'm sure. But it's also those things of, actually, I tried all these people. They are not available, yeah. you know, or they are busy or they have better things to do. So... It, it does come up, but it's not in my control. You know, I also can't control if there were more f female comedians than male yeah. comics. You yeah. Know, it's not Because you don't just want to put a female, you want a female of quality yeah, yeah. and who's Comedian, funny, like you say. Comedy boils down to you either funny or not. It yeah. doesn't matter your sexual orientation is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so on the topic of Are family. Are you thinking of getting into No, 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 stand no. Up. <laughs> With your disclaimers. You can bring all no your ways. disclaimers. I'm just no, I'm so far from that, eh? Yo, I think I would just die being in st- on stage and everyone's looking at me and <laughs> waiting for me to make them laugh. No. I don't know. I, like I really respect you guys. I yeah. don't know how you do it. You never know, hey. That and also there's people that you look at and you think, you know what, this person should be a comedian. I used to feel like that about Brenda Ngoli. <laughs> uh, fantastic actress. I think so. Hilarious, as well. <laughs> you know. But I think she tried it once a while ago, a long time ago. Um, a friend of mine, Pearl Tusi. Sometimes you you may think, okay, maybe you've got five minutes. Yeah. But I don't know if she can stand in front of a crowd and be like, now I'm doing stand up comedy. Mm. You know. So there are people that you're like, uh, Mapaseka yeah. is yeah. is one of them as well. Mm. Um, so there's people that you look at and you're like. You know, maybe one day or when you think you're brave to... Because you have to accept that people may not find you funny. That's actually the hardest part. (laughs) So even myself, after 20 years, I still believe there's people that don't think I'm funny and I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I don't expect everyone to think I'm funny. That's impossible. So once you can get over that, then you are able to be like, I'm going to go on stage, 70% of the crowd laughed or 80% laughed, you know? might bother you that there's that one guy but and they always sit in the front yeah, don't they? That always, one guy. oh yeah it's, uh, <laughs> so it comes with the territory it's 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 normal mm. there's no way everyone in the world is going to think you're funny how do you not, not let it affect you though like especially when this person is right in front of you and they're pulling faces yeah how so, do you continue and just keep going like, so yo. for me it's experience so it's like yeah. if you're being heckled Right. If someone is saying stuff to you or shouting things mm. uh, at you on stage, you need to know when to respond. Because if you respond and then they respond, <laughs> then you need to respond again. again yeah. So you need to know if it's that guy no. you're going to say one thing and he's going to be quiet. Or if he's going to keep saying stuff and you're going to ignore him. Or ask the bouncers or whoever <laughs> to just remove him. So you need to know. It comes with experience as well. Yeah. You, know? you also need to know it's not going to get physical or ugly mm. and blah, blah, blah. Or you can actually turn it to your advantage and he ends up being the, the show joke. and the joke. <laughs> yeah. So that comes with experience more than more than anything. Okay, so we're gonna go to news headlines just now. But I wanna find out on the on the front of family or on the family front, how did your your wife, you know, because you're married, you've got kids. Yeah. How did she take you seriously when you proposed to her? How did she know it wasn't a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife actually makes me laugh more than she's very I funny. I've met her. I've had the privilege of being around her a few times. Uh, yeah, and our kids now it, watching them, it's literally like it's like they know what I do for a living. My son thinks and believes he's coming to the show at the dome, and we are performing together. Mm. You know, we just need to work out the logistics and the fact that it's late at night and blah blah blah. But he's convinced that him and I are performing together <laughs> on the on the eleventh. <laughs> So I watched them and, you know, besides them being kids and just not caring about anything in the world and being some sort of therapy sometimes. Yeah. I think that we don't have to question each other whether are you joking now or it's there, you know. Mm. So it's a little bit easy to know that, okay, now we're serious or this is serious. Or now I'm just joking around. Yeah. Um so it wasn't that difficult for her. It was tricky proposing to her because her dad is Greek. So I was trying to do the whole Lobola contingency <laughs> thing and the yeah. dad was just like, hang on, wait a minute, just come here, come see me. Yeah. So there wasn't the delegation, yeah. you know, trying to pay Lobola. 
Then I didn't have a ring. Then he made me propose there. Then I made the ring, but it was in my place in Joburg. I was in Nelspreet. Uh-huh. Then I kept trying to find a moment to now give her the ring and try the friend's wedding in Tanin. Then I'm trying to find, <laughs> where are you going to find a romantic place in Tanin? You know what I mean? That didn't work. Then I just gave her a ring. We were sitting on a couch one day. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe that was uh, funny, but... Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> okay, we need to take a break. Well, not break, but just go to headlines quickly. Okay. Uh, and then you just uh, stay with us and we'll talk more about blacks only to close uh, our chat. David Gao is joining us here in studio. It's uh, 14.31, time for news headlines with Kanyisile Magnoni. SAFM, leading the conversation. Leading the conversation with uh, David Gao right now, internationally renowned comedian, actor, director, and producer. He's uh, in our disclaimer section, the comedy feature of Lifetime Live with me, Asanda Beda. Okay, so uh, actually, before we get to Blacks Only, which one do you prefer, the comedy, the directing, uh, the producing? Everything comes from the comedy. Everything I have in my life, you know, it was created by or paid for or inspired by my comedy. So I can't stop doing the comedy. Definitely not choose anything else. Yeah. Um, And also, it's kind of like a night job. (laughs) (laughs) So I do have rooms sometimes if I'm not traveling. Because when you're filming, then you're spending 12-hour days, you know, 4 a.m. call times till like 4 p.m. Then take footage, back it up, wrap up set, blah, blah, blah. So you work on like 16-hour days when Mm. you're filming. Um, but nothing can ever replace the feeling of being on stage and making people laugh. Yeah. Do you nothing. get nervous still? A little before bit. Before you get on stage. Split. I've got like a split 30 seconds of knowing exactly how this show is going to go. Mm. So if I get on stage, even if I think it's not going to be such a fantastic show, I'll still know at the beginning. So whether I still have to do an hour or 40 minutes, mm at a corporate gig where you're just like, that guy you were speaking about is the CEO <laughs> and he's right in front today. So you just know this is how the show is going to go. you know. Or you walk on and you just know this is going to be the best show ever. Mm. So there's just that moment of I need to get on stage and get past that first 30 seconds, one minute type thing. Yeah. I think uh, the the nerves for me went more to the business side mm. of the comedy than actually wondering, you know, are people going to laugh? And and after 20 years, for me, it's like being an accountant and then you ask someone, do you still make mistakes after 20 years? You shouldn't if you're an accountant. Yeah. After 20 years, be making accounting <laughs> mistakes. So I treat it like that. I treat it literally like I look at the audience yeah. and I know what to do. Yeah, Anywhere in the world. Yeah. Okay, so Blacks only uh, 11 August at the Ticket Pro Dome. Um, there'll be 10 comics locally and then others are internationally. Yeah. Uh, international uh, uh, comics. What? And Cape Town August 14th. Yeah. But less comedians because uh, it's a smaller show and costs a bit more. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's a Tuesday night. So. And you've involved Somizi. So Mizi, That's interesting. So I've put So Mizi on Black Songly before. Is it? And he's performed in my other show, More Jokes. So I know So Mizi is hilarious. And he <laughs> MCs a lot of uh, gigs, you know. Yeah. I think he can definitely pull off a stand-up comedy show in the tradition of stand-up. Mm. But definitely for something like this, 
knowing him for me it's like that person that i wish people knew how funny this person was mm. you know mm. but he does have all those options you know from choreography he's on idols he's on radio he's representing a female makeup range now mm. so to him stand up is comedy is not like i need i'm going to die for this thing and i need to do this thing you know maybe at some stage in his life he'll be like okay dave let's do my special or let's do my one hour dvd Yeah. So definitely him, eh? <laughs> definitely funny. One of the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah. Okay, so then people go to uh, uh, CompuTicket for tickets. You know, CompuTicket is actually ShopRite checkers or I think even some OK stores and house and something. So we confuse people. We keep saying CompuTicket there's, there's no building that says CompuTicket. That <laughs> that building is the head office. So ShopRite checkers where you buy your bus ticket and your lotto <laughs> and That's CompuTicket unless you go online then on computicket.co.za. Yeah. But the trick is buying tickets in advance. It's the most difficult thing I've had to deal with in 20 years. The people know they are coming, they are coming. They talk and discuss with each other, we are coming. But the last thing they're going to do is get tickets in advance. Yes. <laughs> and then you have that heart attack for three months, and then you get to a show and it's sold out. It's yeah. like the story of my life. Basically. <laughs> okay, no, thank you so much. Uh, wish we had more time, but we are out of time. But at least we did get to chat to you. We chatted a little, I guess. You yeah, know, thanks and, so uh, much. We we said nothing about bricks, nothing about politics. Um, <laughs> some parties are having birthdays in this London, making fun of others that apparently have never had birthdays. <laughs> There's breaks going on, you know, um yeah. it's an interesting time. Yeah. Interesting time. I mean, Vladimir Putin is in the country. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you so much David for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. David Gao, internationally renowned comedian, actor, director and producer, chatting to us here on Lifetime Live. Let's uh, play you a song. Is uh, that this Asnaman? is fresh